Thank you so much for joining me today on Just Praise Him Radio. I'm your host, Glenda Lomax, and my job is to inspire you to a closer walk with Christ. Now here's the show. Hello, believers. Welcome to the Just Praise Him radio show. I'm your host, Glenda Lomax, and the title of my message today is Pride is the Reason. Our Daily Bread in December 1986 printed, Pride is the only disease known to man that makes everyone sick except the one who has it. And everybody said amen to that. Although I've done podcasts and videos on pride pretty regularly over the years, the Lord wanted me to do this pride refresher, and I've really felt an urgency to do it this week. Y'all may have been hoping for something a bit more encouraging since it's Christmas week. In fact, it is 10 minutes after midnight on Christmas Eve, early, early, early Friday morning. But, well, you know me. I always want to bring you what you most need that week, and that's whatever I get when I pray. As usual, I just began jotting down this and that note in Revelation for this podcast when I began getting this urgency to get this done really quick, and then I got this. The Lord is saying somebody needs to hear this now. He says your behavior and your attitudes toward others has put you in this situation, my daughter. Look up, pull yourself up, and come to me, for I have the answers. Indeed, I am the answer, for I am the truth, the life, and the only way to heaven. You have been told there is another way, but that is false, and you must reject that lie. There is only one true God, and I am He. There is only one way to heaven, and it is me. I love you with an everlasting love, and I want you to be with me when you depart from the earth. Do not delay. Your time of departure is at hand. Come to me now. Come to me now. I have all the answers. Come off that wrong path. Come to me now. I don't know who that word is for, but when he says the time of your departure is at hand, he usually means your time to leave the earth and enter into eternity. I don't know if you have an illness and are aware that you will be leaving the earth soon or what, but If you do not, you may be about to meet with an unexpected departure that comes suddenly. Please, please come off that wrong path and go to the Lord in prayer. That's what come to me now means. It means to go to the Lord and pray. Uh, It means to go to him in prayer and just pour your heart out. That's um, That's what he wants all of us to do. This is very important, like where you spend eternity important. Please heed this warning. You can't change your mind once you cross over. Just sit before him and pour your heart out and then sit silently and listen or open his word and read quietly since he and his word are one for him to answer. Okay, so this week we're going to talk about pride, that ugly trait that makes us want to run for the nearest exit when we encounter it in anyone. It obviously repulses the Lord too since the word of God says this, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That's James 4, 6, and 7. And that's the New King James. It's easier to read. I don't know who said this, but I love it. Pride, the idolatrous worship of self, is the national religion of hell. 
Everybody said amen. Pride, after all, is what got Lucifer kicked out of heaven, y'all. So bearing in mind that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, let's talk a little bit about pride and the effects it brings into our lives because I don't think we want any of these. A number of the pride scriptures talk about what God hates. We don't want to be involved in any of that. We don't want to have anything in us that he hates. Proverbs 8.13 The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogancy, and the evil way, and the froward mouth do I hate. Arrogancy, by the way, is just pride rearing its ugly head for all to see. It is the very face of pride, and it is repulsive. Nobody likes an arrogant person. Proverbs 16.5 Everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Though hand join in hand, he shall not be unpunished. Proverbs 11.2 When pride comes, then comes shame, but with the lowly is wisdom. Okay, let's talk about the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is what you learn from a textbook. Knowledge is what you get when you memorize scripture. Wisdom is what is when you know how to use that scripture to meet your need. That's the short version. The Pharisees in Jesus' day were the highly trained clergy. When you read the Bible, you see how they were always angry and jealous over Jesus. They were angry because he did with ease what they could never hope to do because he walked in God's power. They were jealous because everybody saw it and marveled over it. What it boils down to is they were legalistic and angry because they had no relationship with the living God and Jesus did. Knowledge is a collection of facts. Wisdom is understanding. The Bible says the beginning of wisdom is the fear of God. Truly, if you don't know God enough to fear his mighty power, you need to stop right where you are and get right because it won't matter what else you do know. You are not equipped for anything without him. True wisdom is a gift from God. When the Lord came to King Solomon, he said, what would you have me give you? And Solomon said, wisdom, Lord, wisdom to rule your people. God gave him more wisdom than anybody else in the entire world, even to this day and riches besides. So much abundance that we still talk about it today. Let's read those verses. I'm going to be reading from 2 Chronicles chapter 1, starting in verse 7. On that night, God appeared to Solomon and said to him, ask, what shall I give you? I'm reading from the New King James. And Solomon said to God, you have shown great mercy to David, my father, and made me king in his place. Now, O Lord God, let your promise to David, my father, be established, for you have made me king over a people like the dust of the earth in multitude. Now give me wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before this people, for who can judge this great people of yours? Then God said to Solomon, Because this was in your heart, and you have not asked riches or wealth or honor or the life of your enemies, nor have you asked long life, but have asked wisdom and knowledge for yourself, that you may judge my people over whom I have made you king. Wisdom and knowledge are granted to you, and I will give you riches and wealth and honor, such as none of the kings have had who were before you, nor shall any after you have the like." King Solomon gained favor with the Lord by asking for what was right, not asking for stuff or glory for himself and his kingdom. He asked for wisdom to rule over God's chosen people. I remember reading a little golden book of that story when I was seven and praying and asking for wisdom again and again. 
I did not understand what it was, but it was clearly something good, even to a small child. Okay, I got to stop here for a second because I am getting something, and I actually know who this is for. Um, I have a friend named Kelly. Um, Kelly, you know who you are. You live in, is it Pennsylvania? Um, God's going to give you a revelation, Miss Kelly. You go by the uh, nickname Hadassah. God is going to give you a revelation. It's going to be something really powerful. And it is somehow going to bring abundance to you. So it may be a, a decree that you say over and over. I don't know. But it's somehow going to bring you abundance. So remember that. Girl, that's going to bring you some abundance. Okay, you know, speaking of praying for wisdom, God is looking for laborers to teach the word and to send out into the harvest. And, you know, you are never wasting time when you're in the word of God. The more you are in the word, the more revelation you will end, you will end up with. I'm sorry, y'all, for the digging sound. That is my dog on the bed. He is digging his pillow. It's not about how much scripture you learn. It's about how much you understand what you learn. And one revelation can be the foundation for an entire ministry. Look at Katie Souza of Expected In Ministries. Oh, and remember the big prayer of Jabez movement some years back? One preacher got a revelation on the prayer of Jabez and he ran with it. One revelation from the word of God is all you need. Proverbs sixteen nineteen: Better it is to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. Proverbs sixteen twenty: He that handleth a matter wisely shall find good and whoso trusteth in the Lord happy is he. Proverbs 26, 12. There's a lot in Proverbs about pride, y'all. Seest thou a man wise in his own conceit? There is more hope of a fool than of him. Okay, now before I read any more scriptures, I want to read y'all something. Pride is a relationship killer, if you don't know that already. Pride and greed both will kill relationships. I mean, it'll kill them graveyard dead. Are you so focused on your career, your raise, and your ambitions for the future that you fail to realize the gift of relationships that God has given you today? The second rule is that people come before possessions and positions. It's, it's people, then possessions, then positions. Otherwise, you might find yourself getting near the end of the game and you find that you have no one to share it with. John Ortberg tells the story in his book, When the Game is Over, It All Goes Back in the Box. Armand Hammer was the president and CEO of Occidental Petroleum for many years. He was a giant of capitalism and a confidant of world leaders. He was a towering figure on the world scene. Probably had the respect of a lot of people, right? A lot of fame, fortune, all that. But after his death, the true picture of this man became clear. He got his start laundering money for the Soviets. After he made his money, he paid authors to write fictitious autobiographies of his life to impress other people. When he was a young man, almost ready to graduate from medical school, he performed an abortion and almost killed the woman. His father took the blame for this and spent two years in prison. And the son never spoke up and said he did it. He neglected his own son and never acknowledged the daughter he conceived out of wedlock. He had no friends in his company where he freely fired his executives. When his brother died, he sued his brother's estate for 667000 of the $700,000 estate, keeping the money from his brother's wife, who was in a nursing home, and his brother's children. 
When he died, his own son did not attend the funeral, and the only people who carried his casket were those who were paid to take care of him in his home. Did he win or lose at the game of life? That is from a sermon by Tim Smith, Game Over. Wow. I would say he lost. He may have attained a lot of fortune and a lot of fame, but you know what? If you don't have love and you don't have people to share it with, none of it means anything. None of it means anything. Money can make you comfortable. Wealth can make you comfortable, but it cannot make you happy. It does not have that power. So if you're seeking wealth, please have another thought. If you're trying to get wealth so you can use it to do good in the world, then that's awesome if you want to do that. And you know, I'll tell you something. I've met people, especially in the Dallas area. I knew people that their ministry was actually to give. God helped them to get wealth so they could um, help fund the kingdom of God. And then he blessed them to get more wealth when they did that. It was really interesting to watch. Okay, moving right along. 1 John 2.16, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. 17, And the world passes away and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abides forever. Jeremiah 9.23, Thus saith the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches, 24, but let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord, which exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, says the Lord. The Lord wants us to be models of humility and gentleness. Sometimes that will be hard for us. For some, it will be hard all the time. Some people have a really hard time with humility. We need to be sure we are walking in humility, especially in light of all the offense and persecution now, but even more so as it continues to increase as time goes on. We know what's coming, y'all. It's wisdom to stay ready to walk in it until he calls us home. Prideful people think their pride is attractive, but it is ugly. Humility, on the other hand, is so beautiful that you can't stop staring at it when you encounter it. I don't mean the, oh, I'm a humble person, fake humility. I mean the person who quietly gives up their seat on the bus to someone elderly without drawing any attention. That's humility. You know, I had a feeling that I needed to do a pride refresher just to remind all of us how dangerous the spirit of pride is. When I was talking to my friend Ray from Innocence Redeemed on the phone about what podcast we were each working on, when, and I said, I'm going to do one on pride, just like a refresher. And he said, you know, the reason a lot of people won't be with their families during the holidays is because of pride. And I thought, man, that is so true. And just think, maybe you are angry at them for whatever this year at the holidays. So you and your pride stay home and drink hot toddies in front of the Flintstones Christmas or something. And then what if next year they're no longer with you and you never get to see them again? You know, y'all. We can have disagreements with people and we can get angry and we can hold a grudge. But God gave us one family. He gave us one set of parents. And when they're gone, they're gone. And I can tell you because both my parents are gone and I miss them. I miss them a lot. 
when your people are gone, they're gone and you don't ever get a chance to go back and get any of that time back. You know, I would love to have time back with my mom and I spent as much time with my mom as I could, but everybody loves spending time with my mom. She was hilarious for one thing, but she was just such a loving person. And your family and your parents may not be perfect. Nobody is. We aren't either. You're not. I'm not. None of us are. But if you can spend time with them and you can just kind of bite your tongue and just have the time with them that you can. I would give anything to have some time back with my parents, y'all. I would. When they're gone, they're gone. And that's it. You don't, you're not going to see them anymore. You know, what's coming, it can happen fast. I'm just telling you. It's just a reminder. People can leave us soon, really way too soon and really suddenly. Okay. This is truly the age that we live in. Death owes notice to no one. And believe me when I tell you, it don't give any notice either. I knew a woman long ago who worked in the beauty industry. I rented space in her salon back in the 90s for a while. She was tall and quiet and really pretty. She had been a model once. She had, I think, four children who sometimes came to the shop after school. One day she told me this story. She said one morning the kids were off to school. She was getting ready for work and her husband was too. And they were having a disagreement about something. She never said what. Anyway, he kissed her goodbye and she wished him a good day in spite of their argument. He never came home that day. He was killed in an automobile accident on the way to work and left her widowed for four children. Had she spoken harsh words to him as he left, she would have had to live with them for the rest of her life. We know that the Lord has told us the dividing lines are being drawn. We know we live in the time of family members rising up against each other and massive betrayal. We live in the time of kingdom rising against kingdom and nation against nation. We live in a time of so much uncertainty. It seems there is not any certainty left other than death and taxes. Some, someone or even everyone you love could be taken tonight. You could wake up in the morning and they are gone. We could be taken tonight. The Lord has told us when the war starts that is coming here to our nation, America, that it will start from a small country and with no warning. So we may go to sleep in peace and wake up in a nation at war without any warning ahead of time at all. The Lord told us in a word called, I will draw a line on February 8, 2019, that this will be a very great war that will affect all peoples. He said it will be a time of great sadness as great cities and lands will be lost forever and many, many souls will be lost in that time. So any of us can be taken at any time and we need to keep our side of the street as clean as much as we are able to. And we need to cast down any prideful thoughts so we are not responsible for rifts in relationships with those closest to us. No matter how angry you are at them, you still love them if they're your family. And believe me, when they die, that all comes back to you and you will live with regret for the rest of your life. We don't want to be found in pride because God hates pride. And you know, part of the reason he hates it is because we don't have anything to be prideful about. Anything we have, he gave us. Anything we are, he made us. Anything we can do, yeah, he gave you that too. You are nothing he didn't make you or give you. I don't care who you are. You cannot do one thing unless he gives you your next breath of air. So you better start praising him instead of yourself. Is there anything more repulsive than somebody who's always paying their self compliments? Oh my word. 
So let's talk about pride. Proverbs 16, 18, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Pride paves the haughty person's way to destruction. Pride is sin and it brings death to everything it touches. By the way, pride is the spirit that's behind judging other people. Wayne Dyer once said, when you judge another, you do not define them, you define yourself. I want to read y'all a little bit of a column I wrote years ago. We all know at least one, that one person who has an opinion about every person and every situation. That one person that feels compelled to share their every opinion on every person and every situation with you. That one person who sits high on the throne of their assumed perfection as they pronounce sentence on everyone around them. You can almost see their chest puff out in self-righteousness each time they give their judgment on another. Someone who thinks they are stronger, more knowledgeable, less vulnerable. Someone who has even hinted they know the answers to your dilemmas. They have the answer to every problem, every difficulty, every situation you face. If you made a mistake recently, it was because you did not consult them first. They, in their superior intelligence, think they know the answer to every situation the whole world faces. In fact, they spend so much time poking around in the backyards of everyone else's business that they never get around to tending the weeds in their own. It is the only job at which they will gleefully work overtime for no pay. Many times throughout life, I have felt the scorn of someone's judgmental opinion regarding some action or inaction in my life. Over the years, the mark of another's judgmental arrow has wounded me less and less often as I realized that if the opinion came from someone whose judgment I did not respect, it carried no weight anyway. Many times in the past, I found myself guilty of judging another. But the older I get, the less quickly I jump on the judgment bandwagon. The older I get, the more I know that I too am human and just as capable of falling prey to weakness as the next person. My weakness may differ from someone else's, but I still have them. My bad choices may differ from yours, but I still make them. People who sit in judgment take great pride in feeling superior to everyone else and often put others down to make themselves feel big and others feel small. But as Eleanor Roosevelt once said, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. The next time someone expresses judgment of someone to you, take a close look at their life. What is the motive behind their prideful expression of opinion? Is it to make the other person smaller in your eyes or to make themselves appear bigger in their own? I love the way one person put it. Never judge an eagle by the opinion of turkeys. Do they speak from a life so spotless they can afford to judge another? If you listen, you will hear the nearby rattle of a proverbial skeleton in their closet because everyone has at least one. And if someone will judge another in front of you, you can bet they're judging you when you're not around to. It may be tempting to condemn public figures and people we know for their shortcomings, but are we truly so guiltless we have the right to stand in judgment of those whose secrets have suddenly been made public? How easy it is to look down our noses from the high throne of judgment when it is not us who are being judged. I won't read you the rest of it, but you get the point. When we judge somebody else, we're looking down prideful noses at them and considering ourselves high and lofty above them. We have to remember that. And we have to remember that God hates it. He hates it. So pride paves the haughty person's way to destruction. So let's talk about some examples of pride. We want to be sure we can recognize it in ourselves 
not in others, okay? You are not supposed to be looking for signs of pride in everyone else. You're supposed to be looking for them in you. That is how the devil keeps you from recognizing sin in yourself. He whispers to you, oh, Dana needs to hear this, not you. You should call her and tell her to tune in. You need to hear it. We all need to hear it. Pride can keep you from saying yes to the Lord's call to do ministry work. Did you know that? Because you're afraid of what your friends will think. Pride is what motivates someone to sit in their armchair criticizing everybody else who's on the internet trying to make a difference for Jesus while they eat bonbons and contribute nothing. Spiritual pride looks down on everyone else they feel is not as holy or righteous or as good of a churchgoer or a million other things as they are. Let me read you some verses from Proverbs chapter 30 that are talking about pride. We're starting verse 11. There is a generation that curseth their father and does not bless their mother. There is a generation that are pure in their own eyes and yet is not washed from their filthiness. There is a generation, oh, how lofty are their eyes and their eyelids are lifted up. Muhammad Ali, the great boxer, was not known for being a kind person or a humble one either. He could often be heard saying, I'm the greatest. Once he was on an airplane and the stewardess looked at him and saw he did not have his seatbelt fastened. She said to him, Mr. Ali, you'll have to fasten your seatbelt. And Ali responded, Superman don't need a seatbelt. And the stewardess said, Superman don't need an airplane either. It is pride that makes you think you are better than everyone else. And it is pride if you think you are better than anyone else. You may have more, be more educated, be prettier, or more handsome. But if you get prideful about any of those things, the Lord can show you how quickly he can render them useless to you. Can I just say that? And he will if there are people praying for you. So I'm just saying. Read the story of what he did to King Nebuchadnezzar in the Bible. Okay, there is more than one type of pride. There is pride over how you look, pride over what you have, pride over what you know, and pride over abilities or gifts. Part of the thinking of a prideful person is, oh, I'll never be in want. Someone will always help me. I don't need friends or I don't need family or I don't need this or that. And maybe today you do have everything you need. And maybe lots of people to help you with things. And maybe you have lots of friends and family and 10 houses and you're beautiful and well-loved and on and on today. But what if you wake up tomorrow and you have no beauty, no wealth, no education, no special talents or abilities? Just think how quickly that playing field would level. And there you would be, staring eye to eye with everybody else you've been looking down on and wearing their shoes. All the Lord has to do is tell Satan he can take a shot at you and you can have a stroke that renders your education gone. All your talents and skills, gone. Your ability to work a job, gone. You can be in a car crash, a house fire, or some type of natural disaster that takes your beauty or your handsomeness away forever. The economy can turn on a dime and all your wealth will be gone like a puff of smoke from a cigarette in a breeze and just that fast. He can let Satan strike you with cancer or a hundred other diseases where not only can you no longer work, but you spend all your money and anything you could ever hope to have in the future on treatments just trying to stay alive. Read the book of Job. Do you really want to roll those dice? 
If you want to look down your prideful nose at everybody else you think is so lowly, the Bible says the Lord will let you walk a while in their moccasins. So you just go ahead. But you better brace for impact because let me tell you something. Your beauty, your handsomeness, your wealth, and your education mean nothing to God. He is interested in your soul, your character, how you treat people, and what you're doing for the kingdom. But of course, when you're eaten up with pride, you think you are God, don't you? If you just said yes, you just obligated God to show you in very real ways which one of you is the real God. Good luck. You're going to need it. Keep your ego in check so he's not obligated to check it for you because he can. And you will have nobody to blame but yourself if he has to do that. Okay, moving right along. Spurgeon makes this statement about pride. Pride is a breach of consecration. As soon as I begin to get proud of what I do or what I am, what am I proud of? Why, there is that pride, the act of taking away from God, his glory. Mark this, Christian, God will never give you strength to glorify yourself. Amen to that. You know, pride really is a relationship killer. It repulses everyone around you, drives them away. Then it convinces you they left because they were jealous. <laughs> Nope, pride is the reason. Proverbs twenty six twelve. Seest thou a man wise in his own conceit? There is more hope of a fool than of him. Father, I lift every person under the sound of my voice right now to you, and I ask, Lord God, that you would clearly reveal any areas of pride in our lives, all of us, Lord, me too. We praise you for your great mercy in helping us to see that ugly spirit and cast it far from us, Lord. We know it is detestable to you, and we don't want any part of it. Help us, Lord, to learn to walk in humility. We need humility more and more as time passes because offense and persecution will be all around, and in that time, a prideful answer can get us killed. With the wrong person, it even could now, such is the evil in our world. Thank you for loving us in spite of all our faults, Lord. We know we all fall short but we will keep trying as long as you will help us and show us what we need to do. May we glorify you in all we say and do this week, Lord. We exalt your name on high. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. Jesus bless you. Y'all have a Merry Christmas. Have a great week. Thank you so much for tuning in today to Just Praise Him Radio. You can contact me by mail at my new address, JPH Inc., Glenda Lomax, P.O. Box 60, Glencoe, Arkansas 72539, or by email at jphtoday at gmail.com. JPH is not affiliated with any nonprofit organization, church, or denomination. If you ask anyone you know what the most difficult experience of their life has been, many will answer about a time of betrayal. All those called to walk the narrow path will at some point encounter Judas. How will you respond? Do you know how to recognize Judas when he shows up in your life? Can you keep Judas from bringing destruction to your life and ministry? How can you minimize what Judas cost you? 
Can You Pass the Test of Absolute Betrayal? Get your copy of The Judas Test, available in print and new audiobook, The Judas Test by Glenda Lomax, available now on Amazon.com. Sold out for 30 pieces of silver? In Exodus 21:32, it is the price of a dead slave. In Leviticus 27, 2-7, it is the price of a live one. Jesus was sold for the price of a bondservant. Precious Jesus, the Son of God, the Prince of Peace, the King of Kings, why did Judas sell his friend out so cheap? Have you heard? The 2016 and 2017 messages have been published in book form. Even those who do not profess a belief in God can see something is amiss in the world around us. What is coming for our world in these last days? What does the Lord want us doing while we're waiting for His glorious reappearance? Time of Reckoning and Soon It Will Be Night each contain approximately 200 prophetic messages and visions from the throne room of God telling what is coming to America and the world in these end times. The Lord has always warned nations when they were headed for destruction. He has always warned His own people. Are we also being warned? Get your copy of Time of Reckoning and Soon It Will Be Night, available now on Amazon.com. Do you know someone who is going through a wilderness season right now? Have you heard about the Wilderness Companion Study Guide? It's a workbook with 41 lessons, including new stories from the wilderness and questions to help you work through your own wilderness experience. Read each lesson, then complete the questions to apply the lesson to your own wilderness experience. Get your copy of the Wilderness Companion Study Guide today and get one for a friend. Available now on Amazon.com. The Wilderness Companion Study Guide by Glenda Lomax. Available on Amazon.com.